Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can find me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me at Dan Urban MMA. And you can find the podcast at Couchside Judges. You can also subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, or any other service you use. And if you like the show, please give us the best review you're able to. We'd appreciate it. And we're going to talk about judging in MMA, so you should learn the criteria, which can be found at abcboxing.com. So, Scott, before we get into anything, I just want to say I'm back training, and tonight I took my first Muay Thai class, and you'll never guess who the instructor was. Uh, was the instructor Anderson Silva? Close. Okay. I think he may have been in the cage with Anderson Silva at some time. It was Kevin Mohall. Oh, all right. Right on. So, very, very knowledgeable. Experienced referee. Yep. It was a very good class. He corrected me on a lot of things. It was awesome. Did he uh did he deduct any uh points from you? Uh probably would have, yeah. At yeah, one point he said you can't have your arms crossed while you're punching. Don't even ask me how that happened. Look, I'm I've never trained striking, <laughs> but I would also probably be inclined to say that's a no no, sir. First class in four years. Uh, we're getting there. All right. Gotta gotta figure out which, which arms do which things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well right on. hey, you're back to it. I and uh, I'm glad to hear that because I, I, I'm certainly uh still missing my time on the mat, it's been a very long time, much longer than four years, I think. Uh, so I, I would love to get back to jujitsu uh, in due time when when life permits. Well, let's get life together. Come on. Get it so together, life. So many things, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, uh, obviously, it's I'm very happy for you that you're back in the gym. I really am. I think that's awesome, especially because, you know, the the physical challenges you had in the last year with, with COVID and all that. Uh, but... Let's move on to, I think, some. this is a very unique opportunity that you and I had just earlier today, Dan, and that was we got to sit in on a meeting between some of the best officials in the whole wide world and the California State Athletic Commission. They talked about judging and officiating. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was like listening to a professional version of our podcast. It was the Cage Side Judges. This it was. Time. It was yeah. hosted by uh, by Andy Foster. The head of the California State Athletic Commission. Yeah, we, we jumped into a bunch of topics. We, we checked into the fence grab from Montana De La Rosa versus Mayra Bueno Silva. Right, and uh, from the other, just from the other day, right? That was a, that was a very lengthy topic. They they really everyone had a, a good opinions on that. It was yeah. I mean, I think it was a, probably a very important. Obviously, we talked about it the other day too. Right. Um. So I mean. Yeah, we're obviously setting the tone for what they're talking about. <laughs> right. And and you know, just kidding. <laughs> we we made it clear that, you know, we we kind of would have favored them to get the position on the ground and and they they kind of opened our eyes and showed us that I mean, that that wouldn't have worked cuz you're just making up a position at that point. Yeah, yeah, when when Andy in particular mentioned it and he framed it in that way, kind of yelling at us a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Not as directly, but at the idea of that and to be fair, I, I think neither of us was saying that's what you know is supposed to happen, but that's more that we kind of would like to see right, be allowed to happen. But yeah, I think he pretty much opened my eyes to the fact that it's like you can't just give something that wasn't earned. Yeah, and they really hammered home that a point taken is a very severe uh, thing. So, well, that that one I I've been pretty keenly aware of, um, and just from conversations I've had with other officials, it's just like it's it's a main reason why you just don't see too many points taken. Mm-hmm. But 
that to me is kind of one of the reasons why I have that crazy idea that I've bounced around uh, for three minute rounds and more rounds, because then it's not as punishing to have a point taken away. <laughs> I'm just saying that's one selling point to that idea. You know, three, five minute rounds or excuse me, five, three minute rounds would be interesting. I mean, most fighters are in shape where they I don't can... want to get off on that tangent, though. Yeah, that's not okay. I, I was going to say most fighters can handle five fives, but it's not that it's, it's not it's a different thing. But so... yeah, that, that's a that's an entirely different show. Yeah, we'll, we'll stick away. We'll stay away from that. Uh, mm. We got to look at the rounds from uh, Yana Kunitskaya versus Ketlin Vieira. Rounds one round, and three. Round one and round three. Yep. Uh, majority of, you know, they they still thought Vieira should have won round one. Yeah, we well, well, let's give people a peek here if they if they're listening and they ha- they're not aware of how this thing works what happened during the meeting was there were some fights picked right and and specific rounds to watch everybody on the zoom call and i you know ballpark figure somewhere around 40 to 50 people were on this call right i saw 60 uh, most... at some point yeah was that there was about 60 at some point oh wow was there okay yeah. yeah i missed that yeah it was a lot of people and i mean these are mostly officials uh, and regulators, but, you know, obviously there were a few people, uh, media such as you and I, Sean Sheehan uh, of uh, Severe MMA, he was in there too. Uh, but, you know, everybody got to watch these rounds that were played uh, and shared through the call. And then at the end, there was a poll posted and we very quickly cast our scores for the round, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that, to take it back to you or kick it back to you now that now that people understand the setup. Right. Yeah. So round the first fight we saw was rounds one of Kunitskaya and Vieira. Right. And ra- the first round, everyone kind of agreed that Vieira should have won. But there were some people, including myself, who scored it for Kunitskaya. Yeah, it was, it was like what? Like 70-30 yeah. roughly in that range? Se- I think it might have been more like 70-25. And then there were some odd scores that were surprising. Right, yeah. Uh, some of the reasoning was, you know, Vieira kept the fight where she wanted it and... Kuniskaya never attempted to, you know, improve her position and was content with Pitter Patter. And while Pitter Patter Pitter Patter was thrown out a lot, yes, they added volume to her strikes. They there was really no effectiveness behind it. So that's that's pretty much the reasoning that. Yeah, that that round in particular, Dan. I I don't know how you felt about it, but I think out of all the stuff we discussed uh, as far as rounds go, because obviously the the discussion about the point taken away for grabbing the fence that was that was an interesting discussion in and of itself mm-hmm. but for from a judging standpoint the the discussion of round one of that fight which i mean let's face it this is not an interesting round by any stretch but it's an interesting one in terms of how you'd score it right and i think it opened my eyes a little bit more to the way we really need to look at effective grappling on the ground because i've come to an understanding and uh, seems to be a flawed understanding uh, based on what I've heard today that when we want to measure effective grappling, my thinking was it had to be something that was really leading to an effective attack, right? Not necessarily the case because in this particular round, yeah, she's getting hit a lot. Kent Levere is getting hit a lot by Kunitskaya who's on the bottom, but none of them are really doing anything to win the fight you know it's mm-hmm. she could probably hit her 300 times at the same velocity and not do much whereas Vieira is still on top and in a position where she can work toward a submission and she's advancing positions mm-hmm. and that is giving me a better understanding of the fact that it's like okay you know what 
even if they're on top, if they are still working positions and not just stalling, which Vieira was not stalling. Right, if in they're that if, round, if they're not playing Dan Urban sitting guard, head and chest, hoping <laughs> for the guy to open their uh, close guard so I can start moving, it's it's a chance that they're actually trying to grapple. Yeah, no, and Vieira is whether she's able to actually get anything locked in or get anything very close. It's it doesn't matter so much because she is in fact advancing position and and getting closer, which I feel like was almost our understanding early on in our show back when we really didn't understand things as much and then we well, kind of moved away from it and now we're yeah. finally back i think where we really should have been all along right. which I, is i think what happens is we 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 get better in one area and then we may regress in another area and we, we right. got because we we're kinda, untrained yeah so we got you and i are untrained everyone we're untrained we know it <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I think i think we're all we're still moving in the right direction so i think so too i i like to I think it's important for us, you and I, to stay humble and to always remind the people who listen to us that while we discuss it and we try to uh, better educate ourselves and educate other people, we are in and of ourselves learning the, how this works. And, and it is a craft that we haven't actually been truly taught yet. We've we've had some very uh, useful and, and knowledgeable sources of information, resources available to us, which other people probably either don't or don't try to or haven't tried to mm-hmm. uh, get. But yeah, we still have a lot to learn. And also, a- Andy Foster pointed out that no, it's a fable that... J- yeah, that, fable. That was his word, fable. <laughs> a fable that a takedown doesn't score points. Yeah, yeah. That that was another thing about that round that really stood out to me was just the fact that it's like... And and I kind of knew that. Like I mm-hmm. That in and of itself... I already knew a little bit that like you can't just ignore takedowns completely. It's not that takedowns don't score whatsoever, but it's that there does still need to be something coming off of it and it doesn't score as much as something else. Yeah, I, I just think the wording could be a little bit better. I do think I, so, I think there's a lot of things, you know, obviously words are what I do. I, I'm not a podcaster primarily. I'm a writer. I'm an editor. This is what I've been trained to do. That's that's where I feel like I'm an authority is how you write things. And I do feel like that there are ways to more uh, clearly and eloquently write down what they want to say. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they want to say it necessarily, but I, I do think that there's room for things to be outlined more clearly in the criteria than they currently are. I think you're right. So, yeah, that was another thing that stood out. Uh, other fights we did were, were Molly McCann versus uh, Pro- uh, Lara Pro- Procopio. Yes. Uh, rounds two and three. Those were yeah, both those rounds that the, that one I, I wasn't able to focus as much on that particular fight at, at that particular juncture. Okay, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, I think the majority sided round two McCann won because of the armbar. Right, uh, it was probably I think it was like seventy thirty, probably the same way. I knew I sided with the majority because so, I, I looked up what because obviously we talk about these, so you know we were pretty familiar with it at one point. So I just kind of stuck with what I had gone with. Yeah, uh, at that point when when it came down to voting in the poll. Yeah, I didn't sway off anything that I already that we already talked about. I, my, right. my score stayed the same because I saw it the same way. But and then round three was basically a ten eight watch, ten eight versus ten nine, mm-hmm. and uh, they made good cases why why that's a ten eight. They said it's a it's not a, a typical ten eight because the damage wasn't there. But yes, dominance yeah, I did, and duration. I think was that was there. Sal D'Amato making that point, correct? Right. Yeah, because he's the guy. Yeah. Who, he actually scored a ten eight on the yeah. night of the fight. So and he 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 likes his score. So. Not gonna. You know what? Why not? Yeah. He's uh, <laughs> the man judges more fights than anybody, right? Right. And uh, the final fight we looked at was Paul Felder versus Charles Oliveira, which was an awesome fight for as long as it lasted. 
That was a cool fight. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I think you and I both got the chance to watch it before we set in on this meeting. Right. Uh, and then we watched it again. And yeah, I mean, that talk about a tale of two rounds, you know? Yeah. That was, I was glad, I was glad to see some, some of the judges reason, the reason I, I went with Oliveira scoring that round. Yeah. I also but, went, was all, was Oliveira the dominant I, yeah, choice I think, in, I think the, it was in the 60, chat? 60, 30 or 60, 30, and, 65, 35. Which is funny because Oliveira, which apparently that was a that was a Saldamato score, that was the minority score. That was the outscore that night. So could we call that a cage side override? Perhaps. Perhaps. Because we they, can. No, well, it's not really. It's more like a zoom side override. Yeah, zoom side override. Zoom side override. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically on that fight, I thought Felder he did good damage with his elbows. I just thought he was he coming back from a t- uh, what was appeared to be a ten eight going in, away from him. Yeah, so, I think so. And I don't think he ever got it to the point where you were like, man, I think he's really getting close to getting yeah. this fight stopped. It was it was good. It, it, you know, you don't want to downplay what he did, but I just it, it's you have to weigh it against what you already saw and you can't just yeah. forget it. Yeah, I just thought and he was I, fighting from behind. So, yeah, yeah, I don't I just don't think he caught up enough. But but it's it's certainly a case where, you, yeah, you, you can understand why somebody would see it yeah. the other way. Yeah, he uh, one of the Derek Cleary said he, he was right in front of him. When he scored yeah. it that night, he, he felt all the impact. So, and when someone is right there, obviously, you know, it's easier to defer to them than yeah, for someone sure. who's sitting at home or watching it on a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. That from you know three and a half years later, right? Yeah, it, it it was a really cool exercise. This is it's basically what we do except with professionals. So, and it was with, yes, but so. and they also had a lot of questions themselves. There, there's a lot yeah. of asking each other for what you think and, and picking the brains of other officials and what they think. I thought that was very interesting just to see, you know, it's not a bunch of these people, you know, they believe in what they do, of course, but they have the humility to ask questions and to try and get on the same page with each other and, and really find ways to get on the same page. And, you know, we've heard about this before, but this is the first time either you or I was able to sit in on one of these CSAC calls that they do. I, I believe they do it every month. Yeah, I think it's monthly uh, now. Yeah, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the next time we can sit on in on that because yeah. that was that was a very educational process for me. Absolutely, really cool, and it's really cool seeing the professionals that that you know the criteria is not set in, in stone. They're always working to improve it, and, and I like I like seeing that everyone's always working to hone their craft. And not only that, I mean, this is the one chance that someone like you or I, or you know anyone who's invited to be able to sit on this call that they actually get to hear in, you know, a semi-public, it's it's private, but it's, you know, semi-public forum, why a judge gave a score what they did. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was very fun. Although, you know, to be fair, Kansas does this now too. They, they do it in their postmortems. They make it open to uh, media members and they'll also put, uh, you know, kind of one explanation per night or whatever out into the world on social media for people too. So mm-hmm. I don't want to short the Kansas athletic commission. I don't, I don't want to have anybody from there, <laughs> uh, you know, beating down my door saying, Hey, don't forget us. We do stuff because they do credit them. Yeah. That, but that was... I, I really appreciated this. I, and I think anyone, especially a media member, if they're able to sit in on this, if you're a media member and you don't think the judges know what they're doing, or you don't think they care, or you don't think they're you know knowledgeable enough or anything like that. Sit in on one of these one time. Really. Oh yeah. See if you can reach out to Andy Foster and, and the California Commission. See see if they'll let you sit in on it. I I think you'd find it to be a very educational process. Yeah, very very good.
So since we've got Jan Blahovich defending his light heavyweight title uh, for the first time, we figured we would take a look back at one of his old fights for past judgment. You know, this one that we chose was his five rounder from a few years ago against Ronaldo Jacare Souza that went down as a split decision. So Dan, just run down as usual how we score fights for this particular segment. Absolutely. The CSJ criteria is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the 3Ds, damage, dominance, and duration, but we just made a few key changes. A 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the 3Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. And a 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All of this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, Scott, start by setting up Blachowicz versus Jacare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was the headliner of a UFC fight night card in Sao Paulo, Brazil on November 16, 2019. Uh, Yanni Blackjacks, as uh, as we all in the, in the uh, the cool club call him, uh, he was 36 coming in. He was 24 and eight. You know, kind of had that journeyman ish record. Yanni Blackjacks, not, not too bad. But Yanni, you never heard Yanni Blackjacks? Never heard that before. I believe it, I believe I want to say that that was a term coined by uh, either Ben Folks or Chad Dundas. Okay, I like yeah. that. It's a good one. I like it. It is good. I'm, I'll I'll continue it on, and I and I'm gonna credit them, even though I'm not. I'm pretty sure it was them. Anyway, uh, so yeah, he's 36 coming in, 24 and eight. Uh, you know, it's not a journeyman record, but obviously, it's not. This is not the record that you typically see someone who just a few fights later is going to become the UFC champion for the first time. I saw a meme or a graphic that he was two and four to start his UFC career, and since then he's eight and one and the champ at light heavyweight. He, he was, in fact, uh, two and four. Yeah, he, he won his debut, and then he lost uh, four out of five all by decision. I've got a story. Uh, I, I wrote a, I did an interview with him last week, and I've got a story coming out uh, earlier Saturday uh, with him. Fun one. I, I hope right. I, I hope people will check it out on, on mypost.com. I think he's a fun guy. Uh, but, oh, he, he, oh, my goodness. He was such a, a good-natured, happy guy. I don't know that I've interviewed someone who just seems so jolly. <laughs> I really enjoyed that that uh, that time with them, especially a current athlete. Like a lot of times, athletes who are still competing, who I've spoken to, are a lot more uh, intense, mm. or you know, maybe just less relaxed. Yeah. But once they retire, some you know, I've spoken to people after retirement, and they've been a lot more uh, easygoing and stuff because it's you know, you're out of, you're out of the grind of it a little bit. But him, he seems to be just loving this. So jolly Yanni Blackjacks, jo- jolly Yanni Blackjacks. I like it. All right. Now, see, now we're modifying, we're, we're building it, we're making it our own. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so he was coming into this one. He had just uh, gotten the upset second round KO uh, four months earlier against Luke Rockhold, uh, another middleweight former champion coming up to 205. This scenario sounds a little bit familiar to this weekend in, mm-hmm. in some ways anyway. Um, so this one actually, though, it gave him five wins in his last six. So yeah, he's he's well past this point, like you were saying, where he was two and four to start. Yeah, so he's on his run now. He's starting to build his run, build his uh, his head of steam here for sure. Uh, Jacare, he's coming up from 205 or 4205 after a career at middleweight. So this is his first time there. Uh, 26 and 7 uh, and a few weeks away from turning 40 years old. So he's, you know, let's face it, he's over the hill. I think we know that. 
Uh, I love Jacare. You know this. I've said this on the show before. He's I'm I'm a big fan of what he brings to the table as a fighter. Um, but you know, at this point now, he's alternated wins and losses in his past five, going two and three. Um, and he had just lost a decision to Jack Hermanson seven months before this fight. Uh, it's you know not not the same Jacare that we had grown accustomed to and enjoyed watching. Um, but you know, I, I think you know the fact that we saw this. As a close fight, at least on the scorecards, shows he's still got some. He's got some skill, right? Yeah, he can still fight. Definitely, definitely. Uh, judges for this one: Sal D'Amato, Chris Lee, and uh, Brazil-based judge Halison Pontes. Referee for this one: Kevin McDonald, our, our old, our old uh, guest on the show from last summer. Yeah. Shout out to Kevin. It's round one. What's going on here? Round one. I thought Blachowicz won this one. Uh, I thought he was the offensive fighter, and I thought Jack Ray really just held him against the cage the whole time. I didn't really see much offense from him. It was a definitely a tougher round to score because, yes, there was a lot of that cage clinching and, and not as much going on. Yeah. I, I'm tempted to, to already kind of second-guess myself here. Uh, this, this, for me, was very tough, but I did, in fact, go with Jack Ray. Um, I, I thought that he ultimately didn't take very much from Bogovich. He didn't take and I don't think you know, it's not like you scored points for sitting up against the cage, but I, I just I guess I just thought he got enough done. Yeah, I just I didn't I didn't see much offense from from Jockery. Maybe one knee while he had that clinch position, but he, he, Bogovich lands a knee up the middle, he landed an elbow to the head, and then at distance he was just better. He landed some good leg kicks. Yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm already feeling like I I made the wrong decision here so I mean, part of me really wants to just flip during this conversation but i i kind of <laughs> i kind of feel like i should just stick to my guns and just say this is what i saw when i saw it you know what i mean, I mean? you could have the illusion jacare's doing something maybe i mean because all three judges ended up scoring it for jacare right they do yeah so, every, everybody had it um this was the jacare round from the judges standpoint i mean but... it's, it's not like bakovich made it obvious so no he didn't definitely a tough round Honestly, if you look at the the numbers, the the UFC stats, striking figures as kind of a you know a check against what yeah. we saw, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not something that tells you who won the round, but as a check. Uh, if you look at that, the total strikes landed, it was seventeen landed by Blahovich, and just seven landed by Souza. So, I yeah. mean, the numbers definitely bear out in Blahovich's favor. Yeah, that sounds like what I was watching. Uh... Mm-hmm. I was just because for like the first two minutes, even when Jack Ray shoots in that very first, you know, 15 seconds or whatever, he eats a right while he's coming in, gets the clinch, and he's just there until about the three minute, 10 second mark, just holding on. It was, it was very strange round. And if you want another uh, number to fit to kind of play in here as far as statistics, kind of again, as a check against what we saw, just significant strikes that they factor in, which again, what's a significant strike? I don't know. But I think typically speaking, most strikes that are landed at distance are considered a significant strike. So what I'm going to be saying here is that significant strikes landed from distance, four from Blahovic, just one from Souza. So those are, you know, if you're if you're thinking of some of the more impactful strikes because you don't you don't think what happened in the clinch in that round was typically that impactful, right? It is, is would you say right. that even without knowing the numbers? I would have said I would have said uh the most significant strike that at, at distance that I can recall from Jacare was a leg kick. Mm-hmm. I saw him missing his that overhand was rights. The leg, that was the so, one that he landed, basically. <laughs> okay, so that's the one that only really sticks out in my mind throughout that whole yeah, round. So honestly, gosh, I, I 
pretty much just going to say, yes, I had those are winning the round. I mean, and I'm f- also going to say I'm wrong. But the I'm pro- just going to sit here and say I'm wrong. Right. I mean, the pros did. I don't have feel good about it. Song. I really don't. I think when you actually look at this round, if you get a second chance to look at this round, like like we're doing here, you I, I kind of wish I watched this one more time before we recorded. I just didn't get the chance to because my computer wasn't let me do my taxes tonight. <laughs> That That's what I was trying working. to do tonight. I was just trying to get my darn taxes done. And, and uh, don't you know, pay, pay Uncle Sam. Don't pay Uncle Sam. He doesn't deserve it. I think Uncle Sam actually owes me money. I, I got, we got to figure that out. But okay, anyway. if he owes uh, you money, no, then no we got to figure needs, it out. No one needs to know what. That's between Uncle Sam and I, right? So I kind of wish I had an extra chance to go back and watch this round because this was this was easily the most painful round I think to watch and to score for me anyway. So this, I, I kind of yeah. wish I had that second chance because I do feel like. Yes, as much as all three judges did, in fact, see this as a solo around, I think me watching it and, you know, their cage side, maybe there's something that we're missing. We have to understand that. That's also true. But just watching this fight a year and a half later from our seats uh, at home, it definitely does get a lot harder to make a good case for why Blahovich deserves the round over Souza. So I don't know. It's a tough one. Mm, for sure. Crummy round. Let's you know, no two ways around it. This yeah. just wasn't much of an enjoy. <laughs> this whole fight, honestly, it's it's not the most enjoyable fight. It really wasn't. No, it's an okay fight. It's it's not bad. It's not the worst fight. You know what? You know what? Probably would have been the alternative fight that we could have picked for this segment: Adesanya and Yoel Romero. That's oh, a terrible fight. I, I that's actually, a terrible fight. I think I mentioned that a couple days ago because it was on at like three a.m. on ESPN because my sleep mm. schedule is all jacked up right now because of work. But yeah, that's right. You text. I woke up to a text from you saying that uh, but, that helped you go to sleep. It's like at 3 a.m. You're going to put this fight on. OK, thanks, ESPN. I was having trouble sleeping and now I can go to bed because I'm going to pass go. out watching this. It's good watching a, uh, a staring <laughs> contest like that to get you get you ready for bed. Uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like you're probably I, I, I don't know, man. I, I would I almost feel like if I watched it again, I would go your way, too. So. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's enough of that crummy round. Let's go on to round two. Let's start moving this. this yeah, let's move forward, it on. Right? Yeah. So round two. More action here. More action. Definitely. And it was a, it was a close round, but I, I think Jacare landed uh, more effectively. Just a bit. I think their punches that they exchanged were pretty similar, but I think Jacare's calf kicks were really the difference for me. Yeah, I would agree. Actually, this one I thought was a pretty good Sosa round. Not, not a crazy round um, for him, but yeah, I, I think... It's much easier to watch this one and say, oh, yeah, Souza, he looked pretty good here, as opposed to, mm-hmm. I guess you could give it to Souza. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I feel good scoring this one for Jacare. Yeah, definitely. Um, Again, for the same reasons as you. Um, I remember, I believe it was a, a punch that Jacare throws, and Michael Bisping was like, that was the, the best strike of the round of the fight so far. Is that is this this round? Or uh, I, I, don't, I don't remember which round that was, but I, I also remembering, are we sure this is the best? punch that was landed the whole fight yeah i, don't <laughs> I just remember that particular <laughs> yeah, moment i yeah. i didn't necessarily agree or disagree i was just yeah. like oh he's he's going crazy about this one there's other bisping commentary i want to get into for later rounds but oh yes yeah. i i know what you're gonna get into yeah <laughs> i'll let you take the lead on that one but yeah so this one we both agree this is a jacare 10-9 yep even in our system is a 10-9 mm-hmm. uh and so for me that ties uh yeah that actually goes 20 to 18 for Jacare, even though I kind of regret it. Yeah, and I'm 1919, so you've got it tied in 1919. And and all three judges, they agreed, you know, no, no drama here. Everyone had Jacare here, and everyone has it 20 to 18 
uh, in favor of Jacare through two rounds. So round three, this is it really ends up being the the deciding round in the end, right? Yeah, this is another close round. Uh, for the difference for me, I thought Blachowicz landed a bit better, especially with his kicks to the body. I thought they were really strong. And, I mean, Jacare had really good offense, too. So I can see an argument both ways, but I think Blachowicz was better. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, good good assessment, good breakdown as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the fact that this was a split round, not surprised totally, at all. Yeah, not at all. You know, I, I can understand why. And, and the the um, the out judge on this one was Pontes, who had it for Jacare, whereas the other two, uh, D'Amato and Lee, they saw it for Blahovic. Mm-hmm. I, I want to point out Pontes uh, when when a couple of the rounds, he's uh, focused in in the picture, and you can you hear the horn and. Like without hesitation, it's instant. He's writing his score, and I'm like, wow, that that is very impressive to me. Like, well, I think I mean that's really how it's supposed to be yeah, done, right? It, it's a, yeah, because I mean when we score, I'm like, I hem and haw. Yeah. All right, yeah, I think that was yeah, bam. But you I'm hem and haw ones. because you're gonna sit there and you're gonna type it into Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah. I bet you yeah. when the day comes, and I, I'm sure the day will come where you're gonna get to shadow, right? I hope actual so. shadow. I hope so. I, I'm sure it will. I, I have faith in you because I know you want to do it. I know you've already reached out uh, and, and tried to get the wheels in motion. But, of course, uh, we live in the time of COVID and things are different. Uh, but when that day comes, sir, I bet you you'll be able to do exactly that. Well, I, I, I think I will, too, because when we did that Invicta thing, I was instant. Like I didn't, I didn't give my chance. I, I didn't give myself any time to second guess. I wrote my score of how I felt the round went. When we when we did but, the virtual shadow judging, yeah. yeah, we 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 immediately put our scores into the the spreadsheet that was set up by the mm-hmm. Kansas Athletic Commission. Yeah, yeah. So I have faith in myself to do it then. But if I give myself a little extra time to think, where I'm not under a, you know, then you get in your own head. I so guess I, I I would think so too. I think if it was me, I would probably want to aspire to be just like uh, Judge Montes yeah. here. Yeah, just write your score and, and be done with it. That's right. That's right. And then no one can kind of be like, well, what's he doing? Why is he thinking? Yeah. You know? Especially mm-hmm. if they see you on camera. Yeah. We see him. I didn't catch that, though. It's interesting. I'm glad you caught that. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, so at this point, Pontes, he has all three rounds for Jacare. It's 30 to 27, which means in his mind, Pahovic needs a finish. Yeah. Pahovic needs a finish. But he's only one judge. The He is the out judge here. The other two, uh, D'Amato and Lee, they have it 29, 28. For Jacare because they gave this one to Blahovich. So the fight is very much still up for grabs on the whole. Yes. And we're into the but championship. But the tide has turned. It's yeah, it's definitely it's it for sure. Uh Jacare is definitely not in control. For, no, no, and, and we see that bear out more in, in round uh four as well, right? Yeah, and I mean this is the round that I wanted to talk to about Bisping's uh commentary. Yes, I thought so. I, this was the one that stuck out in my mind as well. So have at it, sir. You got the floor. Yeah. So they're they're saying this could very well be thirty twenty seven, and according to the ten point must system, but they're very close rounds. And then Bisping goes into and that Oct- does bear out. Yeah, that that that's fine. But then he follows it up. He goes, Octagon control is a real thing. Like, yes. <laughs> yes, Mike. It is a real thing. It just doesn't come into play often at all. It's it's not a fake thing. <laughs> I'll give him that much. Yeah, then none, I don't think any of these three guys considered octagon control for their scoring in, in any of these rounds. No, probably not. I mean, maybe round one, I guess, could have gotten there, but probably not. I would, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I would. There is I enough. Don't. There's offense. Like offense does happen right. in that round. Yeah, they're just not staring at each other, with no one moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, 
But yeah, this this is definitely a much better round for Blahovich, who I mean, really, he's he's most definitely landing the better strikes in this round. Oh yeah, th- this was a clear clear Blahovich round. Uh, I didn't think he went. He didn't really do much damage. I, I wouldn't go with ten eight, but I think it's a clear cut round for him. And you know, Jacare, Yeah, I would agree. Jacare really he, didn't he could, do anything. I wouldn't. I wouldn't elevate it past a ten nine in our system. And you know, Jan landed shots everywhere. They were, they were solid. Well, guy, I mean, he's he's such a burly man. He's a big man. So mm-hmm. when he is able to land, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't really throw pitter patter stuff. No, he really no, he doesn't. And at two oh five, it's kind of hard to throw pitter patter. But guys have. Mm-hmm. Guys who who don't yeah. throw their whole body into it. I mean, Blahovich. Yeah. I don't think he just throws haymakers all day. But he's. I mean, we've seen enough of Blahovich over the years that yeah, sometimes he he definitely commits pretty hard. <laughs> oh, good old Jan. But this one, yeah, it's it's a very easy round to call for Blahovich. I think this is of the four rounds that we've seen in this fight. This is the one that most clearly gave us a round winner. Up to this, you know point, what I mean? At least in my eyes, up to this point. Like it's it's the easiest one to say like who won the round. Oh like yeah, you wouldn't even you would not hesitate for a second. You'd say, right, oh, yeah, oh, for sure. You got it. It's easy. Yeah, but yes, I don't think it was quite to the level to get into that ten eight range even for our system. Yeah, I agree. So what this and and of course all three judges they saw it the same way ten nine Blahovich. So what that does is it ties it up at thirty eight all uh, on Damato and Lee's card and also on my card for you know as worthless as my card really is. Uh, you have it. 39-37 for Blahovich. Yes. And Pontes has it 39-37 for Jacare. Oh, Mr. Pontes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and into round five. Which, which one of you is a trained judge? Just, just double check. <laughs> All right. Let's get to round five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dive into round five, man. This this one, you, you want to talk about clear rounds. This is the clearest. Yes, and I actually scored this one at 10-8. For Bahovich. Oh, okay. Talk that out. I'm so, curious why. I thought it was a really good round for him. I think it's a borderline case, but I thought Bahovich landed the sh- really strong shots, and he rocked Jacare. I mean, you, it may be a slip, but I think that slip was caused by the punch. And Jacare just had nothing, so I think the two coupled together is the reason I went 10-8. Okay, I mean, you know, the, the case you paint isn't crazy. I didn't go there. I, I just gave this one a 10-9. Uh, you know, a more natural score, even in our system. Um, like you say, it's a borderline case. I can understand why you would cross over the border. I stayed on, you know, the more conservative side of that of said border, you know. So, mm. yeah, it's fair, though. Like, there's really just not a whole lot that Jacare is doing. And, and he der- he certainly does take his fair share of damage here. I just didn't, I don't know. I guess it just didn't reach that level to me where I was like, man, he's he's. I would have liked to have seen just a little bit more. I think if there was more volume, uh, I think offense it's landed from yeah. you know impactful strikes from yeah. Lahovich. Yeah, there if... were times where I think maybe he could have pressed the action a little bit more, and if so, might have been easier to give such a score. But I, I didn't think he quite did that. Yeah, he definitely needed to make it a clear cut case. I think if if he went for or landed a little bit more, but because he's definitely taking but, his hey, time. I mean, in that's there, you so. know, but we're judging it on. A scoring system that doesn't yeah. actually apply in the real world, right? You know, yeah, he, this he did enough to day. win the round, yeah. and it was a close fight. You you would have to think, knowing that it's a close fight, he would be pushing for the finish. And I don't think he fights to win on points. I just don't think that's the way Blahovich fights. Well, no, I mean Dominic Reyes agrees. There's <laughs> a few people who agree. Yeah, Luke Rockhold, <laughs> Corey Anderson, Corey Anderson, Beeson twenty five eight. What a nickname. Uh, he changed it though. I don't think it's that anymore. What is it now? Overtime? Oh, is it, is it overtime, overtime now? Overtime Anderson? I don't know. 
I don't know. But in a real ABC, depending on who you talk to, Beast in twenty five eight is either the worst nickname or the best nickname in all of MMA. Well, yeah, I mean, he gives himself an extra hour and an extra day a week. Yeah, but that's it's like, I mean, that's not based in reality. That's like as real as our scores. <laughs> right in the real ABC round five is a ten eight all day. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah. a ten a ten nine all day for our ABC criteria. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. So, but yeah, this is no no judges saw it any other way. We ended up with. Split 48-47s in this one with uh, D'Amato and Lee. They saw it for Blahovich. I think the most deserving winner very easily. I, I I think if you just look at the totality of the fight, the fact that Pontes ended up at 48-47, it's a defensible scorecard, but also one that, I mean, it just <laughs> it just wouldn't represent what we saw in there. Like this was this was yeah, a guy no. who for the most part was getting outstruck wholeheartedly. You know, even even if you just look at the the final numbers, which you know. This isn't something that you can ever judge a fight on, but you got to go to the eye test. Some people sitting at home, they just want to know, hey, who won the fight and who really feels like they won the fight? Well, it's probably the one who landed 105 total strikes compared to the guy who landed 56. Yeah, right. For sure. Yeah, most likely. And especially if there's 105 coming from a guy like Jan Blachowicz, uh, they're probably pretty impactful. So they were they were and, and they just were. I mean, on the whole, the strongest rounds came from Blachowicz. Even if I, you know, even if our system didn't even allow for as much variety, I think, you know, let's let's say it was some sort of half point system like the one uh, that was being talked about more than a decade ago. Right. If something yeah. like that was there, I imagine the Jacare rounds would have been, you know, very, very low, you know, 10, nine and a half, 10 nines. Whereas you could mm-hmm. very easily with Blahovich go more like 10, nine, 10, eight and a half or even like you did 10, eight, you know. Yeah, but Blahovich definitely had the better rounds that he won. For sure, exactly. And, that, that's essentially what I'm saying in a, in a long winded way. Yes, yeah, so I would have had I would have had four rounds to one. That's what I did have four rounds. Forty nine, yeah. forty six. A lot of media had forty nine, forty six. I know, but your your actual score was forty nine, forty five. Yeah, I'm my CSJ in scoring forty nine, forty five. Yeah, yeah. I mean forty nine, forty six, forty nine, forty five. Both of them sound essentially like what this fight really looked like. You know, not not mm-hmm. by a round by round case, but if you just kind of if you had the ability. To just assign a final score, that would sound pretty accurate. Yeah, I, I think so. But we don't live in that world, and that would be a weird world to live in. It does. <laughs> yeah, that it, would there's be not weird. enough order to it, sir. <laughs> that would, would be really weird. Yeah, not enough order. This one. That's a little uh, too Joker. I want my Batman. Let's give this one a forty-eight, forty-seven. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> pull the number out. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I love when I see. Very rarely do I see see this still, but I'll see people be like. Man, that that was a split decision right there. Like, <laughs> what do you? What does that mean? Do Do you mean that the judges got together and said, "All right, I'm gonna say that it was the other guy. You two say it was this guy." Uh, that way, funny. people know it was a close fight. There's not this level of collusion. Yeah, I mean, we, I guess we can we can speculate that there's a potential for a split decision. Yeah, fight, oh, absolutely. So... I mean, I've sat there. I, I've sat back for a long time, even before I really understood the scoring. And I always felt like I was pretty decent at saying, OK, I bet you this one's going to be a split decision. I bet you the judges are going to be, you know, on mm-hmm. the fence. You know, someone will see it one way. Someone will see it the other way. And yeah. that's not too hard to find. But for you to actually sit there and be like, that's a split decision right there. Yeah, like you have no opinion on this fight, apparently. You don't know. You don't it, think it who matter. one person won or the other person won. <laughs> you think both of them won somewhat. I know, so. I know that guy deserves one judge to say <laughs> that he he won, but definitely not two. <laughs> the, I I did want to point out real quick that 
in Blahovich's po- uh, post fight, he said he had like three years left. So that's like one year left. I don't get the so sense he still feels that way. I don't think I don't so think either. He believed he was going to be the champion. Because I mean, he's a champ now. He's making champ money. He's going to ride this wave as long as he could. I think. I don't even know if it's just the money. I, my understanding is, and, and I read a really good, I, I wrote my own piece, which is already filed. And, and like I said, you can read that on nypost.com on Saturday. Uh, but I read a very, very well-written piece from uh, Shaheen Al-Shati from The Athletic talking about Jan Blahovich. And, you know, they in the piece, it spoke about how he's kind of a very much a simple man. And then you know, kind of just, he doesn't really get wrapped up in, you know, luxuries and things like this. So it's nice to have that. I wouldn't be surprised back, at all. He sounds like he's just very much enjoying being a, being a new dad. Uh, and, and he, he has that look. Anytime he posts a picture with him and his kid, he's got that, like that new father glow that I know very well. Um, and, and I'm very happy for him just, uh, just as another dad, you know, mm. looking at, looking at something like that. So, but I, to circle back, I, I imagine that this breathed new life into, his will to compete because now he knows he can be the best in the world. He is mm-hmm. the best in the world. And even if he was to lose this weekend, I, I would have to think he's not going to be undeterred. Like he's, he won't be deterred. He'll be ready to get back at it. I think so. But that's, you know, that's just a gut feeling. It's not something he said or anything. So yeah, I think we're done talking about this past fight. You know, let's, let's focus on Saturday. We've got three title fights to talk about, right? Three title fights to fight the, the fight card we've been looking to all year, basically. So before we even dive into like what we think, you know, w- w- what we think is going to happen in some of these fights real quick. I just want to know which of the three title fights are you most interested in watching and why? I want to see Jan and Sterling. I think they're, the little guys don't get the credit they deserve, man. I think they're they're two really, really good fighters that deserve top billing, really. I mean, it's kind of like I get what's well, a three title fight card, but they, they could have headlined their own card. But you you uh you saw my story from earlier today. This is the third time in a row. Yeah, that that, that, that was Peter actually Yan shocked. Is fighting on a three title fight card. Yeah, it's like the guy can't. He's like the kiss of of gold. I'd be like, he, he can hold his uh hold his own on on one card. So maybe one day he'll get a shot. But I think I don't know. Before we get into predictions, I don't want to get into predictions. So just yet. Ah, yeah, we'll save it. We'll save it. But yeah, <laughs> let's let's dive in. Obviously, to to the main attraction here, the one we were talking about already before uh, Blahovich and and Israel Adesanya. Uh, with Izzy coming up from middleweight to challenge here. What do you think about this fight? I mean, I just, I go back to Gastelum versus Adesanya, and that throws me off. It's like, man, Adesanya at some points was getting hit with some good shots in that fight. And if they came from Jan, I don't know if he makes it out of that fight. I would agree. And I've been thinking about this a lot. And I've been thinking about the fact that not that Izzy is small, not that Stylebender is small, but. He's not as big as Blahovich. When I spoke to Blahovich the other day, I asked him, "How big do you get between fights? How how big do you think he gets between fights? What do you, what do you think he can get up to?" Uh, so he he fights at two hundred five. Uh... Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying this is what he walks to the cage at. I'm saying between fights when he's not ready to fight, what's he coming down? All right, from? I'm gonna go high because I mean I think Johnny Hendricks okay. blew up to two forty between okay. fights, and that was at one seventy. So I'm gonna go with I think Jan gets up to two forty five. 255 wow okay 255 he said he said he loves to eat especially mm-hmm. when it's not good <laughs> i'm like this Don't is a man all. after my own heart yeah. so i told him. this by the way yablohovich is like the most jolly fighter i've ever spoken to and i don't know if it's just because he just became a dad and and also because he just became a champion at the same time basically yeah. but the man is very happy <laughs> good old john 
<laughs> I I enjoyed speaking with him. He's one of the, he's probably the, the fifteen or so minutes I spoke with him was probably the the mo- one of the most fit, enjoyable fifteen minutes I have ever okay. done with a with an athlete, an active athlete. Just because he was so that's happy. always good. Yeah, it makes makes your job fun. It does make it makes it easier. It makes it easier to tell a story. But uh, uh, yeah. I mean, he gets very big for this one. This is a this is a very large, a burly two hundred five er. He's big. So he's uh, he's still shorter by two inches than Izzy, and he's still about a two inch shorter reach but yeah i mean you, you brought up gastelum gastelum was nine inches shorter and eight and a half reach yeah. shorter eight and a half inch reach shorter this is someone who really had to get on the inside to do anything mm-hmm. and he very easily did right it, it, but real quick let me just point out the fact that Bohovich he can overextend himself on strikes a lot and yeah. i think that's a very dangerous thing it's just I think if if he does hit Adesanya, it's going to be a different world than what what At- Gaslam put on him. But I agree, I agreed completely there. So it's it's probably a matter of who makes the most mistakes the quickest. Yeah, it, and also Adas, I mean Costa could have probably done the same thing against Adesanya, but we saw how Adesanya picked him apart. So I think Costa is not as experienced a striker. Experienced a okay. fighter, and that's part of the yeah. problem. Okay, I think Blahovich is a he's 37 years old, he's been in combat sports for you know about a decade and a half now. Mm-hmm. I think there are different levels to the fact that the experience really plays heavily into it. And he is a champion, yeah. he's he's experienced yeah. adversity before. Mm-hmm. You know, he lost eight times, he lost four out of five. Yeah, in the UFC, he lost his first. Jan Blahovich lost his pro debut. Wow, he knew loss before he knew victory. Oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I, that's a very, you know, we're talking about a very different perspective there. Someone who knows that's not so bad to lose. So he's not, he's not as afraid, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, with that said, I think I'm still leading Adesanya to take the win. But okay. uh, I think Jan is, is being a, a tad overlooked here. What, uh, what, what would you say is method around? Adesanya, yeah, I would if think, he had to pick, I would think uh, decision. Oh, okay. All right. I am going to go with Jan Blahovich round three TKO. Oh, okay. Just throw off. Going, going gutsy here. Yeah, just throwing a wrench in the UFC's plans. I'm not responsible for your betting losses. <laughs> Any of you. Yeah. I cover these fights. I'm not betting. <laughs> All right, let's get to the co-main. The co-main, of course, with the with the the most talented women's 145 pounders in the ufc which are pretty much the only two remaining 145 pounders in the ufc right well that's not true there's uh there's felicia spencer as well did but they, yeah we we've got amanda nunez did they at least entertain us with rankings for 40 145 no yeah no they didn't no, no they don't do that. <laughs> just just for fun no. put them up there because you got the one no. versus champ but i guess and, and, and i don't mean this to be disrespectful to the 145 pounders who are on the ufc roster it's just it's so clear that the ufc doesn't put in any effort in that division you, you can't <laughs> ignore that there yeah there is no effort there but this is this is an interesting fight i, I honestly think it's a very interesting fight between ananda nunez and, and and megan anderson here um megan does have some of the best striking that nunez can face at this weight class of course but i think i think even in the the two divisions there in general she's a, she's a good striker um she's got power she's she's very capable of finishing a fight very uh interesting to She's see, taller. Yeah, to see how Nunez is going to deal with the size difference. Yeah. They squared I mean, off today. At the end of the day, I still can only see Nunez winning, but I think the odds are too out of whack for the ability that Anderson has to win. 
I think she's like what, like a plus seven fifty yeah, or something she's, like that. Underdog, uh, man, Anderson is, and I mean, I'm not an odds maker, and again, I don't have anything to do with your losses. I mean, but similar to Holly and Rhonda. It was me. I would look at this as more of like a, I don't know, plus three hundred or something like that for for. Oh, so you, Anderson. you think you think Megan still a sizable underdog? You know, one that you're not going to win a whole lot if you're betting on uh, Amanda Nunez. But I, I just, I think. I think Anderson has a bit of an equalizer here and in her in her power and her striking game. So, you, so we'll see. You think Megan Anderson is the most the the toughest competitor Nunes is gonna face in a while? Or has faced um, in a while? More than Felicia I don't Spencer. Know, they'll define a while. I, I would say probably I thought Holly Holm was, was a better challenge. Okay. And I still think that. And what that about was Jermaine Dur- almost Durandamy? two years ago. Jermaine Duranami was, was a tough challenge too. Okay. Obviously it didn't play out that way, but um yeah, I, I would say no, not necessarily. So out of all those, Megan has the best chance, maybe? Is that what we're trying to kind of saying or no? Anderson having a better chance than Holly Holm? Yeah. No. Okay. No, I don't look at it like that. Okay. No, I, I don't I don't even want to compare. I just I just think that she's being written off too much. Be wild if she win. I mean it, that... really, it would be wild, but I don't think it's gonna be as great. like I won't be as surprised as some people will be, is what it is. But okay. yes, I still would be kind of surprised if Nunes didn't win. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I would pick her. I'm I'm gonna say round two TKO. I'm going ground and pound Nunez. Yeah. Round maybe four. I see something like that. Round yeah, four. Round yeah. four. And then let's get to the one you're looking you're most looking forward to. And for the record, the one I'm most looking forward to is the headliner between Blahovich and Adesanya. But okay. Yeah, we'll talk about it now. We got Jan and uh, Aljamain Sterling. What do you think is gonna happen here? Yeah. This this is a good fight. Uh, I saw Aljamain Sterling's pro debut in person in Morristown, New Jersey. So you're very invested so I'm, in this I'm man. like all right from from a from a spectator perspective right he fought against uh Sean Santella who was one of our instructors at AMA at one point yeah that was a very I, good I can't fight speak, uh, I can't speak uh in an unbiased way about Sean Santella because he was yeah. Shorty Rock because he right. was one of our instructors he helped me learn jujitsu he he actually taught classes I was in so for for me to be able to speak unbiased about him is just not possible. Yeah, that was a good fight. Then they had uh, I saw Sterling a bunch of times down in, in Atlantic City. So I I do want to see him do well. It'd be really cool to see him win UFC gold. With that said, Peter Yan just destroyed Jose Aldo. So I think it's going to be a, a really tough test. Uh, but I'm going to lean Aljo decision. Okay, I'm going to pick Yan. And I'm gonna say second round TKO again. Oh, okay. I got I got all these like mid round TKOs happening. Scott's loving the finishes, and usually I, I picked did I pick all decisions? I, no, I didn't. I got Nunez with a finish, so I'm usually yeah, I, I usually think, hate decisions. Yeah, usually we're <laughs> the other way around. I don't know. What do we know though? Yeah, we're dumb. Should we we're a ex- bunch of dummies? Should we expect? Uh, there's three five round fights, so the judges should be split up a little bit. You would think, right? I would. I would think there's going to be plenty of title fights to go around with with a bunch of talented judges mm-hmm. flying in from around the country. I would think so. You know, let's. I, I I'm sure we'll see Sal D'Amato there. You know, we'll probably see Derek Cleary, Chris Lee, Junichiro Camillo, who's you know local. Um, I mean Eric Cologne, Ron McCarthy, maybe. You know, I, some of the some of the best judges we have in the, in in the country. Mm-hmm. I'd expect a lot of them come out there. I think we'll get some really. It'll be nice to see more people. I think get championship fight experience or you know more frequent championship fight experience than they have been, just yeah. because there hasn't been as much uh, to go around. Yeah, like you mentioned, I think if McCarthy came back, he'd get a title. He'd get a title chair, and then Camillo's 
been getting the main event sometimes, so he'll probably get one too. Very I often. I, I imagine I would be stunned if he didn't get one of the three assignments. And I, I was yeah, dead. I think I think there's enough to go around, but yeah, I don't know how they do assignments. Right. I don't know yeah. how Sack sits there and does it. This is just you know we're having we're having banter. Yeah, just just guessing really. <laughs> but so. either way, I'm not worried if it goes the distance like you think it will. But I don't think it will. <laughs> <laughs> but other fights. Yeah, for me, I mean, this is such a stacked card, right? Like, really you good almost card, can't yeah. go wrong. But for me, the one that I'd like to see after the title fights, uh, or I guess before, but most other than the title fights, is Tiago Santos at 205 against Alexander Rakic. Yeah, that, it's a good fight. It's a good, it's a, a good, good measuring stick for Rakic, right? Yeah, see if he really belongs there at the top of the heap. And it's at Santos, he has to bounce back because he just lost to... Uh... And, and that, that came after, you know... It, Tearing up both his knees. So we have to see what he is now. And I do want to point out Junior Dos Santos did weigh in as a repl- as a, a backup. Or he's going Junior to Junior Dos Santos? He's going not Junior I'm sorry, uh Glover Teixeira. I was gonna say they, they just cut Junior Dos Santos. Yeah, that's what I'm sorry. I don't know why I get those too confused. I'm pretty sure Glover is weighing because in as a backup. They seem like very nice people from Brazil. Right. I'm pretty sure Glover's weighing in as a backup. I thought I saw that. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure I saw that. I'm not sure. I I have no idea, but uh, hopefully but, not needed. Although, I mean, I, it would be wonderful for Glover to get one more shot, right? But but you know, you you don't root for anybody not to yeah be able to get no. in their fight. <laughs> but yeah, I would be floored if Adesanya couldn't make weight. Yeah, that would that would be wild. Yeah, I mean, hopefully no one just gets sick. But yeah, yeah. I think I think it's gonna probably not gonna be necessary. Yeah. But anyway, back to, back to your fight. although yeah, you never know. God God forbid. Hopefully no one's cornerman or no one gets COVID and they have to be pulled too. There's obviously that thing that yeah. could happen because of health protocols and things like that. I I hope no one's fight gets canceled this weekend. I hope no one gets COVID. I hope we're all safe and healthy and, and all that stuff. Yeah, one day to go, people. Come on. Let's do it. Well, technically too. We, we got to worry about what happens on Saturday afternoon. Oh, too. Yeah, that's true. All oh, right. yeah, because we're talking on Thursday. <laughs> oh, this is the Friday show. Yeah, one more day. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What's, what's the other fight you want to see? Well, who you, who do you who do you pick in that fight, Santos? And oh, who I'm picking? Yeah, I should say. Um, I would pick Santos. I think Santos is going to win. He's he's just he's got that hammer. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Santos. I, I, I think he's gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go round one KO. I'm with you. KO. I'm I'm going the same thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, fight I'm looking forward to is a, a welterweight yeah. bout between two prospects that I've been looking forward to for a while. Sean Brady versus Jake Matthews. I'm not surprised you picked this one. This is this is going to be a fun fight. I mean, Jake Matthews has been racking up some. Big wins and and uh, I love Matthew's game. He's he's really he's done excellent at this weight. And as has Sean Brady, he's undefeated. This is both a, a step up for both guys to you know get a number next to their name, pretty much. I don't know if this is so much a step up for for Matthews. Although I mean, I think he did just what was his last well, fight against be, Diego Sanchez. Yeah, he did defeat uh, Jing Liang. And, oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's a while back, and he just beat Diego Sanchez. So. Yeah, I mean he's he's been doing this a lot longer at the UFC level than Brady, but nonetheless, yeah, it's a it's an excellent fight. I hope that let's say Matthews wins. I hope his next fight is against someone who's you know got a number next to their name mm-hmm. at one seventy. I want to see what he can do. He's he's kind of entering his prime. He he started in the sport in the UFC very young, uh, and now he's kind of finding that groove. Yeah, I don't have a prediction for this fight, but I, I'm I'm predicting fight of the night. Dance prediction, pain. <laughs> I'll pick Matthews. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. Once again, thanks to CSAC for letting us sit in. See you again on Monday to break down this awesome card. 
this is a fantastic one. I'm going to have a lot of fun watching it. It's definitely one of those ones we actually feel like 70 bucks is worth the price. Yes, yeah, so since I spent 140 for the last one. Did you get refunded yet? No. I'll get on that. Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening.